Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Auburn Undercover Podcast, uh, live today on the Auburn Undercover YouTube channel and on the 24-7 Sports Network. Appreciate everyone that's already in the chat. Um, you know, Red is always here, Red working hard. He was the first one. He put in a comment like an hour ago that popped up in the chat. So appreciate everyone that's already here. Appreciate everyone that will be here. We'll hit y'all's questions. A lot of it will probably be based off this past weekend, the visitors that were here on campus. I'm sure everyone will want to know more about the defensive coordinator search as that continues to surge on. Um, so we'll talk about all of that. Appreciate everyone for waiting a little bit as well. Um, I actually got a bloody nose, so that managed to slow down our start. Little personal technical difficulties, yeah, I guess yeah. you could say. Cold, but, and, dry, cold and dry usually can, can do that sometimes. So. Yes, but we're good now. Um, and speaking of good, there was a lot of good players. They were on Hoffman's campus on Saturday. Not a lot, but they were really, really good. That's what I should say. Um, it was an elite day. Um, and I'm sure the first question that everyone is going to be asking about is about Julian Juju Lewis, the five-star quarterback out of Carrollton, Georgia. Um, he was in the class of 2026. He had already been committed to USC since last year. He makes his way down to campus shortly after announcing that he will be reclassifying to the 2025 class, uh, gets on campus for a visit Saturday. Um, I'm going to hit both y'all, and we'll talk about this pretty extensively. But, Jason, you got a chance to talk with him. It, it was interesting because – you know, you, you asked him, you know, did this visit help Auburn or, you know, was this getting in the picture a little bit? And he was saying that, you know, Auburn's already kind of been in the picture, which is, I don't want to say news to us, but he wasn't, I mean, he was in the 26th class, but it wasn't a quarterback that we were watching necessarily super closely. Um, but this is one that Auburn has clearly been kind of working behind the scenes a little bit um, and they get him on campus. And now he's obviously a big 2025 name to know at quarterback. Yeah, no, I think, I think the first thing is, is that, you know, we've talked about momentum in recruiting and how important it is. Well, I mean, I think you look at when you start, think people think you need a quarterback first to get wide receivers. Sometimes you need wide receivers to get a quarterback. And that's where this one may head for Auburn, whether it's Juju Lewis or, or you know, uh, KJ Lacey, whoever it is in, in 2025 20, class, the wide receiver class they just signed is going to have a major impact on Auburn's quarterback recruiting, in my opinion. Um, it's basically, I believe, it's what got Juju Lewis on campus. He talked about it with, um, you know, one of our national guys earlier, and then he he said the same thing, you know, to me uh, Saturday night. Said, look, that signing class, somebody's got to throw them the football, and um, I think that's a big part of things, and it's going to impact Auburn's quarterback recruiting. My guess is, Ed, we get through the spring end of the summer and next fall when these guys start to, to kind of get on the field, I think you're going to start to see more and more young quarterbacks and these guys go, okay, I'm going to go take a look at that place. Cause that's the guys I want to throw to. And so I think that's going to have a major impact. Who knows? I mean, this one has shifted gears They've already committed, but in 26 class and now 25, it's amped things up even more. He's going to have, you know, 10 or 15 of the best schools in the country to pick from when the time comes. And um, I think Auburn will get another visit. He said, you know, his team's going to camp seven on seven again this summer. They did it last summer. Um, The proximity will help Auburn, but obviously he's already committed. I don't think that's going to be a major factor for Juju Lewis when the time comes. Yeah, Jason, you bring up a good point with the receivers. Um, There's a quarterback out of California. His name is, I think it's TJ, TJ Latif. 
Um, and I was talking with a, one, another one of our national guys, Tom Loy, earlier today. And he was saying, you know, look, Latif is really high on Auburn, and a lot of it is because of those receivers. So that's definitely caught their attention. Um, Dukes, I'm trying to remember what game it was this past fall. Might have been the Georgia game where Juju Lewis visited. Um, and I don't even know how I still remember this, but we were doing a podcast the week after that game. I think it was the Georgia game. And I asked y'all, you know, who do you think Auburn made a move with um, this past weekend? And you said Juju Lewis just in the sense that they kind of caught his eye a little bit, which stuck with me. Um, and so once his name popped back up again, that was something that I instantly kind of I thought about and remembered. Oh, yeah, muted. so uh, <clears throat> with uh, Juju, um, so Juju is another one of those kids that played in the uh, Atlanta Ducks system, which you probably heard me talk about a lot over the past couple of years. But uh, the majority of the really good kids in the Atlanta area all played in this system, and they are really, really like kind of close knit when it comes to their recruitments. So um, KJ Bold is dad, and uh. And uh, Julian's dad, Juju's dad, uh, TC, they have a really good relationship. And so as they were make the thing about when you recruit those big time, those five star guys who everybody's after is they all talk. And uh, when Auburn began to make that move with KJ, Juju was paying attention. Uh, when they began to make that move with Caleb Odom, Juju was paying attention. So by being able to get him on campus and starting to really get that dialogue to start to, uh, <clears throat> that dialogue to be more consistent where it didn't feel like, you know, uh, pie in the sky. Like, you know, I could really see myself here. So getting another uh, unofficial early, I think is really important. Um, and, and as he reclassed, you got to think about it. Uh, what Auburn is going to sell is they're going to be a run first offense with the ability to get vertical and to put the quarterback in the best situation as possible. And if you're a young quarterback who uh, you look at Juju, you're not seeing the classic six, six or six, five, six, four quarterback. You're seeing somebody who's going to need to be able to have to have the run to throw off of with him at his height. You want to be able to have those passing lanes open due to the run. And I think that's going to be huge for Auburn. So uh, do I think Auburn is really in it for uh, Juju Lewis at this point? Absolutely. But, Who's not? I mean, any school that has that that has NIL, any school that has resources, any school that has facilities, they're going to be in it for Juju as long as they could, could as long as they recruit competitively. And I think that uh, you, you're going to see Auburn, you're going to see Georgia. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see another visit to Alabama once they get it going. Uh, you're going to see every pretty much major school in the Southeast region take a swing. But I do think that Auburn's going to be one of those top five schools for Juju in the end. Well, and he's going elsewhere, too. He's visiting. He's obviously committed to USC, but he's visiting Colorado this upcoming weekend, I believe. So, look, he's uh, he's one of the best quarterbacks that I've seen in person. He was really, really young when I saw him in person. So that's saying a lot. This is a guy that people have talked about for a really long time and for good reason. Um, so, Auburn's throwing its hat in the rain a little bit. It'll be interesting to see how they balance the dynamic of recruiting KJ Lacey and recruiting Juju Lewis. Uh, obviously, KJ Lacey being teammates with Ryan Williams down there at Sarah Land. Um, Jason, I'll just be interested to see how they balance that. Um, I, I really do not think, you know, if KJ Lacey called them tomorrow on Tuesday, I don't think there's a chance at all they would say no. I think they would say weird. You know, if he said he wants in on, on Tuesday, He'd, he'd probably be in. I don't think they would necessarily wait for Juju Lewis, despite the fact that he is ranked higher and 
maybe a little bit more advanced as a quarterback right now. Um, but I think there's a lot of people at Auburn that really, really value KJ Lacey highly as well. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's one of those where you go, hey, here's a here's a group of guys that you know, and, and I think it's probably good good point to to kind of mention a little bit. There's there's guys you go, okay, that we're going to take that guy no matter what. There's other guys who go, hey, probably we're going to wait and let's see what these other guys do first. Other guys go, hey, let's this one maybe towards the end. I think KJ Lacey is one of those guys for Auburn. You go, hey, if that guy's ready to come right now, you probably go, hey, let's roll. We'll, we'll, we'll take we'll take that as as a twenty five quarterback. So. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how quickly, you know, they've done a lot of a lot of stuff on that defensive line. Um, can you start to fill out this 2025 class and, and start to, to move forward in a lot of other areas? Quarterbacks obviously going to be one of those, but um, depending on how the spring goes and, you know, what, what early season looks like and transfer potential, you know, do you have one quarterback in the 2025 class? Do you have a high school guy, potentially a transfer, depending on how the roster shakes up? That's the crazy part about it. I think we know they're going to take a 25 quarterback and, and from the high school ranks. Um, the, the, the days of taking two high school quarterbacks, though, probably over with. I don't it's know that really anybody – Now you're going to go one high school quarterback, probably a portal guy if you want a second one. That's just the way it works. So it changes the dynamic of quarterback recruiting for sure. Moving on a little bit to some of the other visitors. Here's a question from Troy. Um, he said, I'm more concerned with Caleb Cunningham, the five-star wide receiver who was on campus this past weekend, Zayden Walker, and Naeem Offord. Um, unfortunately for you, Troy, I do not think there is much traction at all with Zayden Walker as of right now. He released like a top seven and didn't even put Auburn in it recently. Um, now that it's January and it goes all the way until December, I'm sure Auburn will keep fighting there, but not a ton of traction. As for Naeem Offord, he has not visited quite yet. Um, he's been busy. You know, he was going to visit, or his teammate Jordan Crawford, who's committed, was going to visit, but wanted to wait until Naeem could come. Auburn was up in Birmingham earlier today. Uh, let, let's see. I'm trying to think. It was Hugh Freeze, Charles Kelly, Coach Crime, and Jeremy Garrett, I believe, was the group that was up in Birmingham right. that went to step by step training with mm -hmm. Coach L, where Naeem offered and some of these other guys trained, and then went to Parker High School as well to see them. Um, so Auburn went to go see those guys today. And then, like I said, Caleb Cunningham was on campus on Saturday. Um, and I think Auburn made a – he's only been to campus once before. I think they made a pretty big impact here. I don't think they're necessarily the leader in the clubhouse right now. But, man, they made it They made it interesting. And Marcus Davis has obviously been huge the whole time. And now the addition of Derek Nix really, really helps Auburn there as well. I, I agree. And, and, boy, just, you know, we got a chance to, to speak with him some and talk to him and just – a, a super kid, first of all, a guy that, that super that, nice. Yeah. I mean, that guy would be a great addition, uh, no matter where he winds up. Really good football player. I think one of those guys you, when you talk to him, you go, "Yep, that feels like a fit." Now, whether Auburn was able to land him or not, I don't know, but it feels like a fit from an Auburn perspective. And so, definitely got to, to, I think, to watch, pay attention to, and again, how this offense looks, how it develops, will be important for a guy like that moving forward. Dukes, and it's kind of the same thing as Derek Smith visited last weekend. And Derek Smith talked about, look, they just signed some wide receivers, and I almost want to commit because of them. And it's what we've been talking about with the 24 class. These 25 guys are the same way. Look at 2026. You got Denarius Gray, Gray committed already. Caleb Cunningham is the same way, Dukes. He was talking about, look, I might, I might want to commit. I might want to come play with these guys. Yeah, it's, it's always important to have guys um, who are – how do I want to put it? 
if you got guys who guys want to be around, it just makes sense, right? Like, I don't like even me as a writer, I want to go with I want to be around people who go crazy, right? So me finding out that I could work with Chris Clemente, Philip Marshall, and Jason Caldwell, I was psyched. I was like, oh yeah, I gotta go here. And um, I think uh is is real important. And the same thing with football, like dogs want to play with dogs. Uh Marcus Davis is a dog. Like, if you go back and look at his playing career, he recruits the same way he played. He literally gets up early. He's the first guy there, last guy to leave. You know, a lot of people did not when, – when he was hired, nobody was thinking like, oh, my God, we got an ace recruiter. But just hearing how he blew through Atlanta last week, the schools that he was at, everybody was super impressed. That I, The guys that I talked to, I talked to trainers. I talked to – like, there were stops that he made. I was like, you saw who today? Like, there? Like, Marcus Davis was getting around. So, I think uh, with Caleb Cunningham, going into Mississippi and getting the wide receiver is going to be tough, right? especially one this good. You got Mississippi State, and they're going to throw the ball around a ton. With uh, I think – did Mississippi State get Levy? Yep. Yeah, and yeah, they're so perceived he, as a leader right now for him. Yeah, so, you know, State – it's going to be hard to get him away from there. You got Lane Kiffin, who's – like, he, he literally, like, wakes up some days and is like, you know what, I got to go get the number one player in Mississippi regardless. So, uh, it's going to be tough, but I think Auburn is up to the challenge, and I think with the room that they're putting together – when you see a Cam Coleman, you see a Perry Thompson, possibly a Ryan Williams. Let's not even talk Ryan Williams. Let's say just the four guys that they signed this year. That was a hell of a class. I mean, like probably the best we've ever seen in Auburn history uh, as far as just potential and recruiting rankings. I can't think of another one that would be that high. So, yeah, I think when you start to normalize Auburn as a wide receiver school, you're going to have more people t- pop in and say, you know what, I could see myself here. And I think the Caleb Cunningham situation is no different. Yeah, you you want to talk about good kids. Um, Devin Williams out of Buford. For the record, everyone, every recruit that we talked to on Saturday, pretty much every recruit we ever come across is fantastic. But Caleb was really, really good. Devin Williams was just fantastic. Um, ended up not being able to catch him, but talk to him on the phone. Um, and, you know, I tweeted out one of his quotes and screenshotted it because it was a longer quote, but it was so good. And it was him talking about Hugh Freeze and Hugh Freeze talking about how, look, he doesn't want to go to the portal to go replace guys. And you've already kind of seen that with, you know, in 2023, they had to hit the portal and they brought in a bunch of guys. This year, they just went out and got a couple pieces. I think they have nine new portal additions. Honestly, I think next year you could you could go from 20 to nine and nine to maybe six or seven. You keep trimming that down a little bit. Um, but Devin Williams was really, really insightful. If you're not over at AuburnUndercover.com, I would really, really highly recommend going over there to read that. I think today is the last day to get 60% off an annual sub, so you can still do that and join us over there. Um, read the interview with Devin Williams. He talked about Coach Crime quite a bit. Um, Jason, that's been a common theme, and we'll talk about Zealous Hicks in the show as well. They both talked about Coach Crime. They both talked about Coach Kelly. Um, this is a top 247 guy top 100 in the uh in the rankings and Auburn is always kind of an in it but I think Auburn made a pretty pretty big move on Saturday which is telling too because he was not there the full day um he's like look I had to leave a little bit early because I had a banquet but he's like man I really wish I could have stayed longer yeah no it's uh you know you think about secondary recruiting it's really interesting when you think about those two dynamic prolific recruiters in in Weston McGriff and Charles Kelly um you know, and then you think about the opportunities in this secondary. Now, they're going to have some young guys on campus. Um, and, you know, depending on how those guys go, it'll impact how our recruiting goes. But there's also a few older players that, that you think about 
that that will have to be replaced. So it's an it's an older group, and then a really young group. And so uh, there'll be some guys that get some experience this year. But this, I mean, a talented player really is, and I mean, obviously one of the best programs. It's really fast. Yeah, and a program that that Auburn has recruited. I mean, everybody recruited this year. I mean, everybody recruits every year. I mean, that's the thing is is these guys that you've known about for a couple of years, and so. Um, you know, and, and I think that's the key now for Auburn is they're able to get ahead of the game a little bit. So last year you're playing catch up, trying to figure out who you're recruiting in 25. Now you've had a chance to establish some relationships with these guys, and now you can move forward with it. But um, yeah, I, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing really how this class shapes up. But I, I think Auburn's going to be there with some of the top players in the country, just like they were this this last cycle. I mean, they a lot of those guys. Uh, I mean, I, I think. The, from the final rankings today, I think Auburn was sixth in average star rating. So you're talking about the average average ranking for your player in terms of, of number. Auburn was sixth nationally. So um, that's that's pretty darn strong for you know again you know 12, 13 months and the potential to uh to add another one of those guys. Uh, you know if you were to get a guy like Ron Williams, then that 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 bumps you up a little bit. So um, but yeah, no, just I, I, again another guy. It was great to get on campus. Jason, you talked about getting ahead early. We've already seen Auburn get two 2026 commitments. Um, and then Dukes this weekend, they had Zealous Hicks on campus. He's been on campus, I think he said three times for games over the course of the fall. He was teammates with Jalen Crawford out of Parkview High School. Zealous is now going to spend his next two years of high school and close things out at Carrollton. So he'll be teammates with Juju Lewis. Um, but he's he's a five-star safety. He's actually being recruited primarily by Coach Crime. They already had that relationship. So that's kind of continued. And he said, look, I couldn't believe that crime came back after one week at Texas A&M, but that was really, really big. And he said that Auburn is kind of top three, top five for him. So he's not in a rush, um, but Duke's just your kind of thoughts on Zealous Hicks and making a splash there early a little bit in 2026. Yeah. Zealous is uh, one of the, another one of those kids who was kind of legendary in uh, the uh, little league circuit in Atlanta, uh, youth football. I got to stop saying little league, the youth football <laughs> circuit, but uh, no, nah, man, he, he's a dynamic player. Man, he will come up and smack you. He's one of those really, really uh, athletic players. Explodes. I'm not sure if you guys saw his dad, but his dad is pretty put together. Uh, looks I like a personal think, trainer. <laughs> yeah, I think so. But even just seeing Zealous, you can see it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and so earlier last year, when Auburn started to make uh, strides with uh, Jalen Crawford, uh, actually we talked to. Uh, I think uh, we talked to uh, his dad in uh at under armor camp at Carrollton last year and uh his dad was like he didn't know as much as he wanted to know about auburn but they had been making contact but he want he really wanted that was one of the schools that he wanted to see based on the proximity and uh from him from then to now the last time i talked to him he was just like no auburn's in it and uh one of the reasons is he wants to be close and then two like you said uh coach mcgriff he Coach McGriff has it has one of those uncle type vibes where if you want somebody who's yes. going to take care of your who's going to take care of your kid and uh, what we call it a lot of times around here is you want somebody who's going to put their arm around you and uh, when that's when that becomes important to uh, a player and a family I don't think there's anybody better in the game than Wesley McGriff as being one of those guys who can hold you accountable put your arm around you and teach you more about football and kind of teach you about life and I think that's going to be really important to the Hicks family. And I think that's one of the reasons that Auburn has kind of shot past a lot of schools who at at the beginning, Auburn wasn't even in it. Now, mind you, he is a 26. He's a rising junior. 
But uh, for a player like this, this is the type of stuff that you wanted to see in the past as far as when you have those blue chip recruits, Auburn starting early. Like we talk about all the ballyhoo about uh, K.J. Bolden. But what if Auburn Star recruited him when he was a junior, I mean, a sophomore, instead of waiting until last year? Things may have been different. So I think getting ahead of this on a kid who's probably going to be the – I mean, he has a really good shot to be the top safety in the country when the, uh, when, his, when it's his time as a senior. So I think, uh, yeah, this is a really huge move for Auburn to start to get in on the 26th class earlier, and I think it'll pay dividends. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're going to touch on uh, two of the last main visitors, and then we'll hit some of y'all's questions. I know there's a bunch of questions about the defensive coordinator search. Um, if you're not subscribed to the YouTube already, definitely make sure to do that down below. Totally free. does not cost you anything. We are making the push for 10K, um, and we're going to talk about Micah DeBose now. Jason, one of the best offensive linemen in the country, um, previously committed to Georgia from Viger. This is a kid that you've known for a long time, really since uh, I think as a freshman, um, and he continues to look just as good. Now he's not committed to Georgia, and now it feels like Auburn is really, really, really in the picture. Yeah, I saw Micah the first time uh, as a freshman in a state championship game. Um, you know, Viger won a state championship when he was a freshman, and, and you know, since that time, he's just continued to get you know to blow up more and more. And you, you just you just did it, you just said it again, but it's the same situation. Um, I would say second verse, but it's about the fiftieth verse of a guy that when when this staff got here. They're behind the eight ball for a kid that's in a 2025 class in their own state because Auburn didn't recruit him hard enough early on. Uh, that was the case for Mike. And then Auburn's made up a lot of ground. He decommitted, been back to campus a couple of times for games last year. That's where that picture's from. Um, back this past weekend, he is part of a, a an unbelievably good 2025 offensive line class within 250 miles of Auburn. Um, there's a lot of good offensive linemen. And this is the class that they've been pointing to. He's one of the guys that, that they've been pointing to. Looking at Micah Dubose, it, it, it gives me Avery Young vibes a little bit, where I think about this guy can play right tackle, can probably play right guard. He's just a big physical guy. Gives me those kind of vibes. Going, look, no matter what, he's going to be able to play and he's going to play somewhere and play it well. And so um, Auburn continues to to make an impact there, make a push there. I think Auburn is, is right there. And that's a place in Mobile that – Last couple of years, Auburn start to make a little bit more inroads again, a little bit more inroads in, um, and there's some really good players in, in Mobile, not only this year, but the next couple of years at 2026 class as well. So continuing to to kind of bring those guys along, obviously still waiting on Ryan Williams, but you just added a couple wide receivers from down there. Um, you know, think about this class and, uh, you know, another offensive lineman across the way at Williamson playing for Antonio Coleman. You have Antonio Coleman committed in 2025, that Mobile now is, for a while you went, ah, oh, a few players here or there. Now Mobile, once again, is, is becoming the place where you better have some guys. And, and I think Auburn is, is you know, obviously hitting that hard with Marcus and Charles Kelly and, and those guys uh, you know, going that way. 
last visitor that we're going to touch on real quick is Cameron Sparks. Um, and this kind of actually goes to someone's question in the chat from David. He said, did you guys know at this point, or do you guys know at this point kind of, uh, or at least have decent guesses for who Auburn is targeting at the top of their board for each position? Honestly, Auburn set up its 2025 board pretty well enough to the point we do at least have a good idea of kind of how things are shaping up. This is one we didn't necessarily have a good idea of. Um, this guy is number 40 in the country, something like that, um, in the 24-7 sports composite, really highly ranked, ranked as an athlete, um, recruited by most schools as a wide receiver, um, but recruited by Auburn as a as a hybrid tight end, actually. He's he's every bit of 6'3", 210, maybe even a little more than 210 as of right now. You get up close to him, and he definitely he fills out really well, and they, they think he could be a Rivaldo Fairweather-type guy. This was one that didn't know a whole lot about going into the visit, Still want to learn more about where Auburn sits here, um, but they definitely it's it's one of the tight ends to keep an eye on. You obviously already have Ryan G committed, um, but you get Cameron Sparks on campus. You've been recruiting Ethan Barbour out of Alpharetta. You've been recruiting Hollis Davidson um, out of Peachtree City, maybe somewhere else in Georgia. You've been recruiting a ton of other tight ends um, as you look to add a second. Shoot, maybe they'll add a third tight end in 2025 if it's you know if it's a guy like this, like a Cameron Sparks, who's really a true hybrid between wide receiver and tight end. So that'll be interesting to see. That's it for the visitors um, in terms of the guys that we were going to talk about. Of course, what everyone wants to know, the defensive coordinator search. Um, we'll pick Jonathan's question here. DJ Durkin or Chris Kiffin, D.C., or as another name emerged, Jason, you had an update for Auburn Undercover subscribers earlier today. So if you're not a sub, you missed out on that hours ago, but just give people that are people that are watching and people that are listening later a little bit of a, a note on what you had to say. Yeah, you know, I think it's you know I wrote about it um, this morning early. We've been mentioning it really since early last week that the two names that it looked like for us were Chris Kiffin and, and DJ Durkin. I don't think that's changed. I still think those are the two guys um, that are kind of the, the more focus on right now. As I said. Could could somebody slip in there and, and absolutely come out of the blue? Yeah, it could happen. But I, I still think these these are the two guys I would lean towards being one of. And you know, for a while it felt like DJ Durkin might be ahead. Now it feels like Chris Kiffin, you know, maybe maybe a guy that's a little bit in the lead. I do think that we'll we'll have something here before the end of the week. Um, you know, I, we've said all along this one's a little bit different. Hey, is it? Would it be great to have your guy day one? Absolutely. Is that as necessary now? I mean, they're they're not recruiting anybody in this 2024 class for a February from the high school ranks. The portal pretty much is done. The important thing now is go hey, go get the right guy. Go get the guy that that you feel like is the right fit, not only defensively, schematically, but personality. Um, you know everything involved. And so I think they're taking their time with this one. Um, they got their guys on offense. That's because of those things. They already knew Derek Nix. They knew what he brought to the table from a scheme standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, from a personality standpoint. That's what they're looking for. Now you're going to get some guys that you're familiar with, but maybe not as familiar with. So you want to kind of make sure you get it right. And I think that's what they've done. So I would say here in the next you know, 48 hours or so, we should have, have a, an idea of who it's going to be. But I still lean towards those two guys. Hopefully in the next 48 hours. Otherwise, the board might have a, uh, a meltdown, even though the timing of it is not necessarily all that important. Correct. But it's not, it's not like it was in past years where you're, you're heading towards a signing class in two weeks and 
oh, you're still recruiting 12 guys. It's That's not the case any longer. Uh, someone in the chat, I can't find it now. Someone said, let's just take both quarterbacks in 2025, as in Juju Lewis and KJ Lacey. Uh, I'm sure Auburn would love that if that, yes. if that was possible. Yeah, if you can, if you can do that, you'd, you'd, probably, you'd probably go ahead and do that and see what happens, yes. I don't think that's very realistic, though, unfortunately. Um, we'll hit a couple rapid-fire questions. Here's one from Corey. Um, do we take Zion Grady and call it a day on the 25-D-line class? No, actually, because Zion Grady is more of an edge guy. Um, they like Andrew Maddox, who visited last weekend. He's the main true defensive line target that's still remaining, which would give them five commitments there. Then you start to fill out the edges. Then you look at the Zion Grady's. You look at the the C.J. May, the Jared Smith, some of those guys. You look at some of those guys. Um, and so we'll see. But Zion Grady mostly being recruited as an edge. So he's he, – yeah, he's a D lineman, but that would not be part of Jeremy Garrett's defensive line class necessarily. Here's one. Is Alvin Henderson still looking at Auburn after losing Cadillac? Well – we know that Hugh Freeze went by Elba um, earlier today. I believe Charles Kelly went there as well. I would be willing to guess that Derek Nix was there as well, but I don't know that for certain. We're going based off what someone at Elba tweeted, um, and they tagged Hugh Freeze and Charles Kelly. So Auburn is still pursuing him. Um, another name that we learned about a little bit more this weekend is um, Akalen. I don't know how to pronounce his first name. Akalen, I think it is Deer um, from Mississippi. That's a guy that Derek Nix recruited out of Old Miss. Um, talking with some folks at Auburn, there was a chance that he was going to visit on Saturday. Wasn't able to make it, but that will definitely be a running back to know. Um, and as we've talked about pretty extensively, it looks like it'll be a two running back class in 2025, especially after you didn't take one in 2024. So Alvin Henderson, wait and see a little bit, but definitely does feel like uh, feel like there's still interest there, mutual interest. Question from Corey again. Who's the D-line for Florida? We have committed but didn't sign in December. Dimitri Nicholas um, out of New Orleans, I think. Yes, and uh, Auburn has his commitment. Remains to be seen whether or not Auburn takes his signature in February. Um, and I think that's still up in the air a little bit. But we will wait and kind of see on that. Look for a couple more questions here maybe to close it out. Here's one from Red that um, – all of us can talk about real quickly. Maybe we can close it out on this because we always have to talk about Ryan Williams. Of course, how close is the Ryan Williams decision on February 9th? Look right now. I think everyone is in it. I think that includes Alabama where he just was this past weekend. If I had to pick someone that's in last, I'd probably say Texas A&M. I think Texas A&M is the only one that I don't view as a threat. I think Auburn <laughs> is a threat. I think Texas is a threat. I think Alabama is a threat. Texas A&M maybe is. I just don't view them yeah. as a huge threat. Yeah. Uh, the thing we've said, and, and I'm I'm 100% convinced is correct, is that I think the average fan thought when Nick Saban retired that it opened up the door for Auburn. When in reality, when Nick Saban retired, it made this a much tougher battle for Auburn because it was a two-team race. That, that was that, – nope. Pretty much everybody else has said, oh, we're not going to be able to battle those two teams. But now when it's one, when it's now, you know, Alabama's still in it, but it changed the dynamics. And all of a sudden, if Texas was fighting, they're like, I think they, now everybody's in it. And you're, you're right. I think it made it a much tougher battle because now it's four or five instead of, oh, just head to head and see what happens. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think um, <clears throat> with, uh, the the coaching movement, like his uh wide receiver coach going to uh, Texas A&M, Charles Kelly coming to Auburn. 
just some of the movement that was going on. I think you have to – the Williams family did have to reevaluate. You got T-Rob going to Georgia. I definitely think Georgia's going to try to sneak in there. Uh, they – they, I mean, I've seen weirder things happen in recruiting. So uh, I don't. Did he schedule? Um, did he put that on George on his visit list? He is not yet, but I'm with yeah. you. Ever since T. Rob got hired there, I've had Georgia circled. Right, right. So, and then uh, I was at a Georgia game this year, and nobody was expecting Ryan to be there, and I saw him. I was like, oh, dang, that's Ryan Williams. Like, so, uh, <laughs> like, what, what's he doing here? And uh, so now he has a familiarity there. Uh, I do think um, offense. And scheme is going to have a, a a major impact on what Ryan does. Uh, he, I mean, he 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 didn't reclassify not to play. He he's going in looking to play. I think he's he's done everything that he can do on a high school level, and I think that he wants to come in and make an impact day one, and he wants to be in a a, a system where he can get the ball. So I think that where he sees the best fit is where he'll end up. Um, I think Auburn has a really good shot, but I also uh, I wouldn't count out either Texas school, and I also think Alabama. And if you think about it, if you look at what those wide receivers did in uh, Grubb's offense in uh, Washington last year, and how he developed some of those guys, the way they get the ball out quickly, I think those really do. I think those factors really do uh, complement Ryan's game well. So we'll see what happens. Yep, we'll keep tracking it over at AuburnUndercover.com. We'll hit a couple really quick questions here. Question from Troy, does Kiffin have any recruiting experience? He absolutely does. He has some really, really, really big recruiting wins. Um, if you search up Chris Kiffin and then 247, it'll lead you to his kind of coach profile, and you can look at his um, all-time recruiting wins. He was the primary recruiter for Laramie Tunsil. He was involved with, oh, who was the number one player in the country that Ole Miss got out of Grayson? What was his name, the defensive end? Uh, Robert Kimdichie. Yes, yes. He was the secondary recruiter there. Coach Crime was the primary recruiter, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Kiffin definitely has recruiting experience. Uh, any other questions that we need to hit on that are good? Someone says, I still think Auburn getting the last visit really matters for Ryan Williams. I would agree with that because I think this will go all the way till February 9th yes. before he actually makes a decision in his mind. Um, and so if you're able to get that last impact, then uh, – then that'll be important. I think we'll wrap it up there. Um, unless there's any parting thoughts or do you all have any parting thoughts or anything that we missed on? I don't think so. Uh, I think it's, uh, when, when you think about now, I, I think it's kind of figuring out the pieces you have. And as he free said, the interesting thing for me is going to see how they change or if they change what they're doing, because, you know, portal you're right they're not going to need as many guys from the portal at least they're not right now but you never know what it looks like six months or or a year from now it can change i think the thing you have to be right now as a college football staff is flexible because it's going to change your board's going to change and uh, you know we saw them last year flexible and takes take some guys move some guys around in a class and i think that's what you have to be willing to do so uh, i think that's the key for me is, is seeing how this board maybe changes how it how it changes in the next three weeks, how it changes in the next three months, because it's going to change. And like we said, somebody that's on the top of the board right now may not be on the board at all. And, and there would be somebody that might not be on the board, period, right now that may be on the top of the board in three months. That's the way these things can change. Yeah, just to piggyback on what Jason was saying, if you look at Amaris Williams, where he's ranked now, and 
what three four months ago i mean people were going to just absolutely have a conniption if you didn't get camp kamarion franklin and now kamarion franklin ends up i think is, is did he did he finish in the top 100 i think he's like 120 so no i think yeah. i'll look it up yeah. but you keep going yeah but uh so you look at what people wanted at the time and now you got a top you got one of the top uh, defensive line prospects in the Marys Williams edge defensive line, whatever he wants to be. When you bring in top 30 guys, we're talking about 30, like not a top 100, not a top 300. When you bring in top 30 guys, it makes your program better as a whole. And secondly, nobody saw that coming. This time last year, nobody was even remotely thinking about it. as late as August. Nobody was thinking about this, uh, this, this player. So probably, late, probably later than that. Yeah, yeah like, I so. mean it. It popped up over the last like month. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, Andrew Ivins. I looked and, and he updated he updated Amaris and his kind of evaluation thing for him uh, January the sixth. So while we're in San Antonio, and his player profile is Melvin Ingram, and that's pretty darn good. Um, similar type player, uh, Amaris. He he's already here, and you look at him and you go. Um, what he can be in eight months of being on campus and having the strength and conditioning program, I think is a guy that's going to play at 265 or 270 as a defensive end and give you that extra. I could see him being on the field on third downs as pass rusher. I, I, I could really see him going, all right, that guy's the third down defensive end. You have your, your jack linebacker as a pass rusher. And then inside, you go, well, let's move Keldrick Falk inside. And, and, and all of a sudden, you go, got four dudes that can get upfield in a hurry. I think it, he can be that type of guy that has that impact. Yeah, so we will wrap it up there. This is a great comment to end it on. Um, if we see Lane angry tweeting about his brother, then we know who the DC <laughs> is. It's absolutely right. Probably um, give so, it away, yes. Uh, yeah, so keep an eye at auburnundercover.com and keep an eye on Lane Kiffin's Twitter uh, for the defensive coordinator search. But – We'll wrap it up there. Appreciate everyone that tuned in. Uh, really appreciate everyone that's listening. This is a podcast later on as well. Um, if you are here on YouTube, definitely make sure to subscribe to the channel as we make the push for 10K. Appreciate everyone that was in the chat. Appreciate everyone asking questions. A little bit of a shorter show today, but weren't necessarily a ton of guys that were on campus uh, this past weekend. Really good guys, but not necessarily a ton of them, which was good. Gave the guys a lot of one-on-one -on -one time with the coaches. I mean, they weren't being hosted by recruiting guys they weren't being hosted by personnel people or anything like that they were being hosted by marcus davis by jake thornton whatever whoever it may have been so that was good for them to get personal time we broke it all down appreciate everyone tuning in we will catch you guys again next week um, i think we might try and do a show with uh cooper patagna as well from our rankings team break down the 2024 class a little bit start talking 2025 so maybe we'll do that later this week Maybe we'll do that next week. Um, we'll have that, and we'll, of course, have our regular live show as well. So we'll catch you guys then. And see you soon.